This is Good Better Broker, a podcast from UWM. They are small business owners, entrepreneurs, and side hustlers. Self-employed borrowers are becoming more common in today's work landscape, and they require more from everyone involved in the mortgage process. What are the keys to serving your self-employed clients and getting those non-W-2 borrowers closed as quickly as possible? You're about to find out on episode 13 of Good Better Broker. This information is provided to mortgage professionals only and is not intended for or authorized for consumer distribution. The views expressed by guests are their own and do not necessarily represent the views of United Wholesale Mortgage, LLC. The information, opinions, and recommendations presented in this podcast series do not constitute legal or other professional advice or endorsements of any kind. All right, welcome back to Good Better Broker as we bring in Vivian Chen. She is a mortgage broker with Exceed Lending based in Los Angeles. Vivian, welcome to the show. Thank you for having me. Okay, so Vivian, give me an idea of what goes into these loans, self-employed borrowers, because it's not just a standard loan that you're going to do. So kind of walk me through your keys to success. Yes. So as we know, you know, Southern California, like over 60% of, you know, the people, they're like small business owners. So we encounter a lot of uh, small business owners, you know, either they get in 1099, like independent contractors, or they just have their, you know, small business, you know, uh, in any, um, you know, industry. Yeah. So um, one other thing that we do for our self-employed client is that, we go through a very thorough um, pre-approval uh, process because as we know, first, you they're very busy. You know, they're small business owners. You know, they basically, you know, devote all their time, you know, to their, you know, business. So they, they're super busy. And also, um, as we know, that self-employee client, the um, guideline is very different comparing with just a W-2, you know, client. You know, we have uh, a lot of different uh, requirement, especially you know during the pandemic, we need profit loss statement. We need bank, you know, three months bank statement. We need CPA letters, and then uh, uh, the calculation is very uh, different too. So our pre-approval uh, process is very thorough. We go through all these uh, paperwork with them, and then also we do a very detailed interview with them, um, and. Um, Whenever the things that we can get for them, let's just say like insurance policy or, you know, other stuff, you know, then uh, we will just, uh, you know, uh, reach out to the vendor and get for them. So they feel like, well, you know, XC Lending is helping us, you know, hands free, you know, I can just provide as little as a minimum document, then we can get the loan through. Yeah. So you you talked about the pre-approval process, Vivian, and it is so thorough, in fact, that you actually have people who work for you. This is their job. You have a designated pre-approval specialist. So, so tell our listeners uh, what they are responsible for. Yeah, because we have a lot of people, you know, uh, inquiry every day. And of course, you know, by myself, you know, it's possible, you know, to uh, serve all these uh, clients. So then uh, um, I thought that, you know, a team is good. 
uh, because everybody has their designated job. So then we created pre-approval specialist this um, position. So then after, you know, we're getting the leads and then we will have pre-approval specialists to, you know, uh, talk to the uh, self, uh, especially for self-employed clients because they have a more complicated situation than other, you know, W-2. And then we have a checklist as well. You know, like, oh, have, have you asked, like, you know, if they, uh, what about their car payment? You know, are they the car payment is paid by the company or, you know, paid by themselves, their personal account, all those kind of little details we like to put on a checklist so they can, you know, check all these things. And then that eliminates, you know, the errors, you know, uh, once you put it alone in the processing. So, so this is a lot of work up front. That's what it sounds like. How, how in your mind, does that help your overall process? Yeah, it is definitely. Sometimes client may complain, oh my gosh, you know, you ask so many questions. You want me to provide this like 12 months, you know, uh, uh, the, the, the payment proof that the car payment or whatever, you know, why I need that? Well, then we always take time to explain to them, look, it may take like 15 minutes or 20 minutes more, you know, during the interview, during the process for pre-approval, but it's going to really benefit a lot for you guys. Once you get the house or we do refinance into processing, you're going to get minimal conditions, you know, rather than getting like a whole bunch of like as a letter, you know, we have to dig into it or we miss something and then, you know, it could just turn the loan to to debt. Then, you know, we can just have a very smooth process. And then they normally accept it because because we stress the importance, you know, importance of that. And also we always tell them like, hey, you know, you're not buying a clothes or changing a clothes, you know, hey, you're buying a property and, you know, you're getting money out. So we want you to devote a little bit of time on this project so then we can help you to achieve what you want. But anything that we can help you to get it, we definitely want to, you know, help you and take your time away to, hey, make more money, right? Yeah. All right. Another tactic that you use, and I believe you mentioned this a couple of minutes ago, mm-hmm. is leveraging relationships that that you have with CPAs and how that right. specifically helps with, with self-employed borrowers. Right. Because as we know, you know, self-employed borrowers, you know, we always need a CPA letter to prove their self-employed history. And sometimes, you know, they may have to get money from their uh, business for the down payment. We also need, you know, a CPA to uh, verify that. And, but sometimes, you know, we encounter some kind of like uh, these in, in, uh, client, they just self-prepare. They self-prepare their tax returns and stuff. So what can we do? So we utilize our CPA relationship because, you know, in the past we had so many, we served so many clients. So we accumulated some, you know, CPA kind of relationship. And we know some CPA, they're very experienced, they're seniors. So we, we will then direct our client to those CPA and say, look, you know, you can send the CPA your past five years tax return paperwork with the transcript and they can review for you and then they can write a letter, verify your self-employment um, the history or, you know, like say, you know, you want to verify that the business has enough the uh, cash flow, you know, for operate while you withdraw some down payment, they can help you. And that's actually very helpful because, you know, some people they'll say, oh my gosh, you know, I, I really never like, you know, look for a CTA and how I'm going to look for it. And then there's no trust in between. 
and us as kind of like a bridge, you know, to build the trust already. So then, you know, they two can work together and get things done. So there's another relationship that I want to ask you about, and it's the relationship between your LOs and underwriters. And uh, you have a, a an outline that your LO has put together. It's it's a one pager. Uh, for for self-employed borrowers that goes mm-hmm. to the underwriter. Tell our listeners about that and how it helps set the file up for success. Yeah, I find that this is very, very helpful because with a self-employed client, things can get very complicated. Sometimes, as we know, they may not just have one business. They may have several companies, okay? Or they have like a different, you know, income source. And if we just submitted every paperwork, you know, to underwriters, the underwriter doesn't know the story. So they have to dig into all, you know, the paperwork and dig into, okay, well, okay, he's getting some 1099. And then, okay, well, uh, he used to be 1099. And then he opened a company and then same line of work. That's like a lot of work for underwriter. So then from the past experience, you know, we created this like one page, you can call it outlined, you know, all their information or like a processing search. So basically, we just break down to like income section, asset section, and any like a debt section or like any note that for the underwriter. But we limit it to one page and very simple note. Let's say income. Okay, this client, we use this business, A business income, how much? B business income, how much? And then like, okay, for asset, okay, we use part of the asset is from the business and then they're going to wire to, you know, the personal account like during the process. And then the note may be something like, okay, well, you know, they um, they co-signed, you know, with their relative uh, for a property and that mortgage needs to be eliminated. Any like a little note to the underwriter. So then we upload that with all the rest of documents and we often find that with that little page uh, makes everybody's life easier. And then we do have less condition because they know already what's going on. Yeah, yeah there's, there's trust. There's credibility there mm-hmm. because they, they know what to expect from you. Uh, just, yeah. just listening to you explain all this, Vivian, um, it, you know, it's one thing to have all these great processes in place, which you, you clearly do, but you also have to coach up your team to follow these processes. So I, I, I want you to, to talk about that and you know what characteristics and qualities you kind of look for in team members so that they can execute things the way that you see fit. Yeah, training definitely very important. And when I look for like a, a new member or like when I train, you know, this member, always, always like I pay, like pay attention to details. This is very, very important. Also, you know, from my previous, you know, business experience, you know, um, detail like can either make you like exceed from other people or ruin the whole thing just for a little detail. So, yeah, so either in training or I interview people, uh, when I interview people, I do some kind of little test just to see that, you know, if this person is kind of, you know, paying the, the, the detail thing, I, I can just say something. And then I ask, like, what did I say? I, you know, I bet you a lot of people, they cannot repeat 100%, you know, what you said, you know, just before, you know, so that's kind of like an interesting test. And for training, again, um, we have tests as well for um, our pre-approval specialist uh, or our LOs. 
um, we did we do case study and then you know we do test and um, we review you know the answers and stuff and they can tell like okay well I missed that so that's kind of like a re-enhancement like okay well you know what you got to pay attention to all the details especially in mortgage industry. All right, Vivian. So you've gone over a lot. So I want to ask you, uh, lastly, you know, what are a couple of pieces of advice you, you have for other loan originators out there who are you know, either looking to do more self-employed borrower loans um, or just get those loans closed more efficiently? Mm. Uh, I think one suggestion I would say is that uh, don't think that I'm doing too much or like you know, more for the client because uh, if you really think about how I can help them to get their loan, to get their dream house, to lower their payment, you know, um, you want to do more for them, you know, especially they are, uh, you know, self-employed, like small business owner, just like us, you know, if you put, right, you know, your feet into their feet, you can kind of feel them like, well, you know, they're really working hard to make their business, you know, happen and successful. So I would say do more for your client, just think more for your client, and then um, your business will just flow into you. Yeah, that's very important, I think. Vivian, thanks so much for joining us. It was great getting to learn from you. Are you a retail loan officer or mortgage banker? Looking for a career change that will give you more flexibility, speed, and earning potential? Our team of experts at BeAMortgageBroker.com can help you make the switch to wholesale. Get started today at BeAMortgageBroker.com. Welcome back to Good Better Broker as we bring in Chris Hell, who is the Chief Operating Officer of Garden State Home Loans out of New Jersey. Chris, great to have you aboard. Thanks, Justin. Well, I appreciate it. Glad to be back. All right. So, Chris, almost two decades in the industry for you. So I, I got to ask, in, in your experience, when you look at self-employed borrowers and, and those loans, uh, what are the biggest keys to doing them efficiently? I think for our standpoint and, and everyone's standpoint is effective communication. Um, and, you know, when we had scheduled this uh, podcast, it made me think back to to when I first got in the industry back in 2003, uh, the self-employment stigma, it was always like, oh my God, you got a self-employed borrower. I started the first four years of my career in sales. So you'd get somebody who's self-employed and you'd get sent their tax returns and all, it, all to you was just a bunch of numbers, right? Never really understood how they actually calculated it. And through the years, obviously you figure it out. Um, but for us, yeah, it's, it's setting the correct expectations up front with our clients of how the process is going to go. Um, you know, self-employment is a lot more invasive than our, say, our W-2 borrowers. Um, if I looked at us from a standpoint of 2021, we closed a little over 5,400 units and 5% of our business in 2021 was self-employed borrowers. So we did get a pretty good sample size. Um, and we've tweaked that through and dealing with the COVID overlays was another wrinkle in the game here for us. Um, you know, for us was sending, setting the expectation up front with our document checklist. We were a little, we are a little more aggressive with the self-employed borrowers than say our W-2 borrowers. Um, so it initially starts with the loan officer of setting the expectation. And I think also too, what people don't do or afraid to do is actually have a conversation with the borrower to 
get to know their business, right? Like, what do they do, right? And I, I feel like someone who's self-employed that owns their own business, they're very prideful. And I think rightfully so, you should be because your own, your own business, you support your own family and you also support your own employees. You know, any revenue that you bring in and, and paying salaries to however many employees you have, whether you have one, two, three, four, five employees, whatever it may be. Um, so I think spending time to getting to know of how they actually generate their income. Um, everyone's different. Everyone's not the same. You know, whether you sell bakery goods, mortgages, or diamonds, like <clears throat> it's all the same. So how do where, how do they make money, right? So most people, do they make more in the beginning of the year? Do they make more in the middle of the year? Do they make more at the end of the year? And I think people naturally are afraid to have a conversation or ask a little more personalized or, or detailed questions. And when you have that information and you review their documents, you can present you know, a better case to underwriting. Like this is, you know, this is this guy's line of business, right? This is how he generates his income. He generates more income towards the end of the year or more at the end, beginning of the year or middle of the year, whatever it may be. Um, and then you even look further into like some of our other clientele that have their own businesses as far as like HVAC or painting, like all those commercial jobs like that, like their billing or payouts are 60, 90 days. You know, they complete a job and they're not getting paid for a long period of time. So being able to understand how their payroll and how their receivables work goes a long way. All right. So, so tell me, Chris, what processes does Garden State have in place to help make sure that, that your clients are, are executing everything properly on their end to set, help set the file up for success? Yeah. So before we even originate a loan, let's say we had a pre-approval or, or we had a potential refinance, right? Uh, so when a reservoir referral or whatever reached out and was interested in, in seeing if they could qualify for a loan, we actually have a scenarios desk here um, at Garden State Home Loans. So it's compromised of my loan analyst team. It's scenarios at gardenstateloans.com. Um, every loan officer has availability to it. So they can send in a scenario to that email address and one of the team members will respond. Um, our standard SLA for that is same business day. Uh, so if something comes in at one, two o'clock in the afternoon, they'll get a response same day. If you want to attach tax returns, if you have them available or if they're available in the portal where the client has uploaded them, we'll review them then. And we'll actually send you a breakdown based upon you know Fannie Mae, Freddie Mac, VA, FHA, um, whatever it may be, jumbo. And we'll say, these are the exact calculations. For your best calculation, I'll give you the most income. You want to go Fannie Mae with this, or you want to go LP with this. So they have that information. So when they actually do originate the loan, we disclose it. The loan is ran through the correct AUS engine. We already have our income calculation. It makes it a much faster process for our loan analysts because they've already reviewed it. They're like, oh, I've seen this before. We have our notes on it. And it's that much faster to get it into underwriting or the vice versa of it. If there are any issues, asking additional questions then before we bring it in and getting that additional documentation. So we're not running into a roadblock after we originate the loan and we're already, you know, seven, eight days into our rate lock. And now we're missing documentation. What about from the standpoint of the originator, Chris? Because I know you guys are also strategic when it comes to, you know, which LOs are going to be working on these types of files. Yeah, and it's, and that also carries through operations. So yes, as, from a self-employment standpoint, we will more so geared towards those who are more seasoned loan officers who are able to handle those those types of borrowers and those types of situations. But the same also applies to our loan analysts. 
we actually have, you know, in that department, we have a certain group of people that specialize in the self-employed borrower that are very detailed with it, go through the, the reps with it, have built relationships with underwriters and make sure they have all the information needed possible to state their case. Speaking of information, you, you know, you guys really do your due diligence when it comes to gathering information. It's so much so that, that you are really putting all the puzzle pieces together uh, before you even start to originate one of these loans. Tell our listeners about that. Yeah. So within our application system, so once a, a client completes the application and identifies themselves as being self-employed. That's the key there. We've had some issues in the past where a client mistakenly doesn't, you know, dictates that they're a W-2 when they're actually self-employed, right? But if all in all perfect world, they complete the application, identifies them as self-employed, that checklist right off the bat generates, and again, this is what I was saying earlier, we go a little more aggressive with these clients, especially if you look back during that COVID time period. I really wanted to get out in front of this stuff and not have to deal with the documents that we know that are going to be needed later on into the rate lock period. Um, if I, I looked at actually our timelines, I was very curious about it. During the COVID time period, um, uh, if I look at a traditional W-2 wage earner refi versus a self-employed uh, refi, we were a difference of five calendar days to get that loan closed. Now, five calendar days in the mortgage world is like two months in real world. <laughs> if anyone said to me right now, hey, I'll give you five extra days on your rate lock, I'll take it, right? It's like, give me, give me a day, give me an hour, right? Give me a minute. You know, we're all about optics and metrics here. Like, I'll take five seconds, right? But yeah, five-day difference. So what I'm going to be doing is monitoring that period as we approach here because those overlays have been pulled off now i want to see where that how much that speed drops down we get that much faster with, with these borrowers you know it's interesting when you, when you look at just the landscape of the industry and not just the industry i guess of the country coming out of covid um and you and i were talking about this you know people really seem to now have uh, diversified the way they are earning money you know it, it is not uncommon at all to be a freelancer or to be a side hustler. It is becoming more and more commonplace. So in your mind, Chris, what is the importance of really originators educating themselves on all these different types of scenarios as, as it relates to self-employed borrowers and, and the mortgage process? Yeah, and this is this is to the point where I was going, is like having these conversations with their with these clients of what their business does and how they generate business, like how they generate their money. Because yes, this country has evolved over the past couple of years of how people make money and even how people hold their money with crypto. But like even income generated, you got YouTubers, you got influencers um, and just knowing that information and like the guidelines that are written for Fannie and Freddie and stuff, like they're not always up to date, current date of how people generate money. So being able to explain that and make it make sense and making it relatable um, is a big thing. And that's, you know, that's starts with the loan officer having these conversations, but we also put on our loan analyst too, of having these deep conversations of how things are, are generated for a client. Because yeah, every, every day, like I've been in this industry for almost 20 years, at least once a month, we get something where I'm like, I didn't know that was even a thing. Like people, <laughs> the way they generate money, everything, the cannabis industry is another one. Like that's blown up. Like people generating money from there. So it's it's interesting, man. So it's new, new, something new every month. Yeah. If you had told uh, Chris Pell circa 2003 that you would be dealing with borrowers one day who were talking about uh, cryptocurrency <laughs> and being an influencer, I wonder what you would have said. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that whole explosion of social media, like, 
it's amazing gamers right i have kids like they game and they watch other oh other you, guys you can make money playing video games. yeah and yeah back in the day when i had games you always get yelled at your parents would be go outside you know wasting your time in there but now people game and like they make money doing that and it's yeah it's absurd but yeah, yeah just having con- like having conversations with these clients to understand how their business operates and i think it goes a long way that they're very appreciative. People actually ask these questions. Whereas like I said, most people, I think I feel like are fearful to like pry. And I'm going to think you're prying. You're just really trying to paint that picture of like, cause it's numbers, right? It's numbers on a page, but they get to know the bar, get to know the person, what they do, how they do it, how long they've been doing it for um, and how they even ended up in that industry. It's always curious too. All right. So, so some of our listeners, their heads might be spinning a bit right now, just kind of listening to all these, these different possibilities you know, that a client might bring to them. So if you were to kind of, you know, just kind of simplify it a bit and, and offer up a couple pieces of advice for, for other LOs out there on, on getting better uh, and, and becoming proficient at these self-employed borrower loans, what would you tell them? Yeah. So first thing, what I was just talking about was getting to know how someone generates their business, how they how they run their business, how to generate their income. Having those conversations, don't be fearful about it. Are you going to run across some jerks that feel like you're prying? Of course you are. But for the majority of it, they will appreciate it. And two is doing your due diligence. So if you have a borrower that you get their tax returns and you're quite not you're not quite sure how to do it, making sure that you have avenues at your company to have someone to do a scrub on it ahead of time whether it's calculate the income or let you know what additional documentation is needed. But I, I do think you need to naturally go a little more aggressive upfront with these clients. And again, explaining that this isn't, you're not being singled out here. We're not picking on you because you own a restaurant or you own a bar or you own your own business in general, right? It's just, these are the guidelines that are needed. This is the documentation that's needed to qualify for the loan. And just being able to have that conversation with them. Chris Pell. COO of Garden State Home Loans. Thanks so much for the conversation. Appreciate it, Chris. Thanks, Justin. Appreciate it. To make sure you never miss an episode, subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and leave us a review. And look for another new episode coming your way two weeks from now with more expert advice from independent mortgage brokers around the country. I'm Justin White. We'll see you next time on Good Better Broker. Good Better Broker.